Hi, I'm Zach, and I am hoping for a greener, meaner future. Oh, so optimistic. Well, meaner is like, I, I want people to be a little more mean, oh. but green. I got like the mean towards like uh, sustainability. Like everyone's just aggressive about being sustainable. Okay, well that's that's much better than what I was going for. So we're gonna pretend that that's exactly what like, I meant. Because you just <laughs> did you just want people to be a little bit saltier? Yeah, I think I think the world could do with a little bit of saltiness now, less politeness, you know. Uh, but also being mean and uh, about sustainability, like really driving that home. So okay. I like your your angle better. Okay, That's okay. Well, my name's Caitlin, and I'm ready to wash the green right out of these companies. Oh, it's I okay. See what you did there? Yeah, I see what you did. There. It was almost there, but it wasn't. Yeah, I, I ran short. That- Actually, I think it's a lot better than you're giving yourself credit for because we are about to roll into a specific brand that has to do with washing specifically. Mm. So uh, I think it worked out well. You're going to be very pleasantly surprised. I also, um, for the listeners, uh, there is a window washer on (laughs) Zach's in Zach's apartment and I thought I could come up with something about window washing and green washing and it just wasn't fully developed. It wasn't a, it wasn't cooked all the way. So well, I'll I'll poke my head out the window and and ask if he has any suggestions. Do you have any ideas on sustainability Uh, sitting 22 floors in the air? Like he had a plunger sticking to the window. We had to delay the recording because like if my man was doing his job, but he was doing it loudly. No, thank Um, you. Yeah. No, thank you. Heights and, ocean nope not for me we're on the same page with that well in that respect welcome to manipulating the masses (laughs) don't give yourselves to brutes men who despise you enslave you who regiment your lives tell you what to do what to think or what to feel who drill you diet you treat you like cattle use you as cannon fodder don't give yourselves to these unnatural men machine men with machine minds and machine hearts you are not machines. You are not cattle. You, the people, have the power. <sighs> All right. Caitlin, as we alluded to in our intro, this is the marketing of sustainability. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at kind of why we're seeing this buzzword uh, with brands across industries, across basically everything. Uh, people are talking about sustainability and you alluded to it. There's a new phrase, greenwashing, uh, that a lot of the, these companies are doing where it's like, they'll just slap sustainability into some marketing campaign just to appease, uh, a certain demographic. So, um, my first question to you, Caitlin is like, when you hear the word sustainable, what adjectives come to mind if we're if we're working with a client and they're like, we want to promote ourselves as a, the sustainable option in this industry? Uh, what what comes to mind? What are just you just like to synonyms? Do? Synonyms or like other feelings associated with sustainability? Can you give me some background? Because you are the target demographic when mm, these companies I sure are am. saying yeah, when these companies are saying sustainable. So what may, what does it make you feel? Um, sustainability. 
Okay, well, there's a couple of questions there. I think when uh, a company comes to us and says we want to be sustainable, you, uh, you ask what words come to mind. So there's words like clean, um, organic, eco-friendly. Um, so those are vegan, gluten-free. <laughs> no, not gluten-free, uh, but vegan. Um, so those are the free people. Those My are the words. Those are. Those are the words that come to mind. Um, how does it make me feel? I am the target demographic, like you said. You very much are. Um, and I think early on in my consumerism, it was a big selling point. However, now um, I think customers are becoming more aware that mm. having a sustainable logo attached doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means mm. do you want so me to you, elaborate on that a no, little my, okay. no, but my follow-up you think the words become sullied a little bit you know 100 percent yeah can i give you an inspirational and now yeah. it's kind of like eh. okay I yeah, think give me an example when i personally first wisened up to this was uh there was a documentary that came out about uh commercial fishing Mm -hmm. uh, everyone saw it. It was like Netflix number one for a really long time. Everyone saw it. And they were saying that uh, you can get the, um, so tuna, right? There's a uh, tuna fisherman and the whole thing is dolphins were getting caught in the net. Mm -hmm. um, but the, but the, the, the uh, industry is completely unregulated. Like there's nobody out there verifying that you didn't catch dolphins in the yeah. net. So these companies would come back to shore and be like, yep, no dolphins were caught. And they're like, great, here's your logo that says you are dolphin free. And then people are like, oh, cool. You know, in the store, you're, you're searching for your tuna. It's like, oh, no dolphins were caught in the net. Yeah. And it didn't, it doesn't actually mean anything. And so uh, the labels itself, you have to ask the question of what did they actually do to get verified organic, verified clean, verified mm -hmm. sustainable? What does sustainable mm -hmm. mean these days? What does organic mean? Mm -hmm. It's uh, you said the word sullied, and I think that's a great word to be used. Is organic yeah. doesn't is not a powerful world word anymore. I agree. Organic, sustainable, all of that stuff. Um, uh, and we actually have a fisheries fishery client right like they are a fishery client and uh they promote themselves as very sustainable i don't know how they got that we use it in marketing language as marketers we're like okay cool like if that's what you want to promote um we'll put it in there but we're not verifying either right i, I think uh it is it is uh it's a weird space right now because it's important to a lot of people and I'll get into the demographics of it, but uh, what companies are doing is half-assery at best. Can I right? add something else? And I might be jumping the yes. gun. But the other thing that I wisened up to is um, just because you're buying, let's talk about chicken for a second. Like, mm. you know, there's all these uh, farm-raised, uh, field, grass-fed chicken companies. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I feel good about buying these this chicken from Whole Foods, right? Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I feel good buying this. However, the, the parent company of this brand is 
Tyson, right? Who yeah. runs the largest like slaughterhouse in yeah. America and is like <laughs> corn feeding their animals. Yeah. Um, so you really have to wisen up to who these companies are owned by because there's really only like five fucking companies that own everybody else. And so even yep. though you're think you think you're buying this new product, great example, we had a client that was a uh, uh, it was a non-alcoholic soda mm. company. Guess who they're fucking owned by? Corona. So you're like, okay, I'm just feeding into an alcohol company. Uh, that's a little bit of a different, a different. Uh, no, same vein though. But same, same vein, vein, exactly. So mm -hmm. you never, you got to look at who they're owned by. So. Yep. Yep. Spoken like a true vegetarian. I yes. get you. I get you on that. No, but I completely agree. Uh, it is. There's all these conglomerates and it's it's turned into such a and this is why I wanted to talk about it today was it's turned into such a marketing buzzword and not an action word, which is where it spawned from. Like a, a, it's it's lost that kind of aspirational, inspirational. Let's all come together and have a more symbiotic relationship with our planet to. Oh, yeah, this is recyclable packaging which they should have been doing in the 80s like you know like it's okay minimal effort on the brand's end yeah broader uh, or or i love the water company that sells water in boxes <laughs> yeah the boxed water the boxed water and i'm like come on it's still a single use yeah jeez I get it. You're trying, but also, can I just have a blanket statement? And if we end the podcast right here, if I die tomorrow, this is what I want to go out as. I'll put it we, on your gravestone. We need less companies. Nobody needs so many options. Mm. We need one water company. We we don't even need water companies. I'm so sorry. We don't burn them, but we need. <laughs> we don't need this many. We don't need so many options. Everyone keeps coming out with like, oh, look at these leggings. They're sustainable. Mm. They're made from plastic water bottles. They're they're made from recycled commercial fishing nets. It's like, mm. just stop. Mm. We already have a legging option. Mm. And even though you're the more sustainable option, you're still emitting all of these fumes into the air and polluting our company our company our planet by producing a product mm. no matter how sustainable the product is you are the problem yep uh, put it on my yeah. gravestone i'll put that that's a that's gonna you're gonna be paying a lot for that gravestone but the message <laughs> is 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 clear uh and i think uh it feeds interesting because, like I said, I read some consumer reports about this. There's been a lot of research done, and you speak uh, an interesting point that I think goes against the trend. So uh, we'll get into that. But I but, just have something else to say, and I have to stop myself going. because no, this is, because this is going. your podcast, no. and I am supposed to be reactionary to this. But I <laughs> am so passionate about this. This and is like why I picked the topic, Caitlin. Us, so keep going. Get on your soapbox. Us, us as cons consumers <laughs> is, uh, yeah. I had a, I had a, I had a lingering thought, but I'm gonna let you keep continue. I'm gonna okay. let you continue. Okay, because we're gonna transition, yeah. and and I, I, we'll end on. I'll let you have the platform a soapbox? at the end of okay. this. Yeah, because like I really worked through this to be like, okay, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems. What is the solution? 
I couldn't really find a good clear path to a solution to addressing this. So I think you uh, will maybe enlighten me a little bit on this because it does seem a little dismal. I remembered what my what my side thought was is us in marketing. Uh, sometimes I worry about like what happens if all of our clients just leave us tomorrow and I'm like god we're gonna we're gonna go under but we're never gonna go under because there's so many goddamn companies out there that we can market there are so many companies so that is my solution less companies and you won't need bottom feeders like us to promote them Well, okay. Uh, Caitlin is advocating for communism. Let that be noted in the uh, the socialism. A a very liberal brand of socialism. Uh, (laughs) Caitlin in the morning, pre coffee, pure communist. All right. So we're ready. Oh my God. So, so, uh, but let's let's bring it back to uh, America, the uh, capitalistic central of because you're right. Like there is, uh, I think what you're getting at mm-hmm. is is less companies, more mm-hmm. accountability, mm-hmm. right? Like there's mm-hmm. less. You, it's easier to have oversight when there's less companies to go through and sift through on practices to some degree, right? Um, but I actually want to focus on a single company that is part of the a bigger conglomerate for a little bit. Procter and Gamble is the company that owns millions of brands all over in a bunch of different industries. A specific brand, uh, Cascade, the dishwasher brand. Um, I actually, this is what spawned me writing this article. I know you're passionate about it. Do you, are you, you going to make Cascade? me? Are you going to make me boycott? dishwasher soap now i've already boycotted everything else in my life like i can't take out something else Uh, that's the that's actually gets to my broader point of convenience versus like eco like consumer end it's convenience right and then on the brand end it's profits okay so so yes i know cascade 100 cascade very popular there they've been running this campaign for a while um and i just saw a new iteration of it you know it like the do it every night campaign yes yes that right. hit me i do do yes. it every night do you yes. it got you it got me oh uh, you are the target demographic for this caitlin you're so perfect but for those of you unfamiliar they've run in commercials and they have like couples like yeah, we do it every night. Yeah, we do it. We do it in the morning. We do it at night. And, you know, it's a it's a funny pun on like, you know, having sex in a relationship, but they're actually talking about running the dishwasher. Um, the, the hilarious, hilarious. Um, but then at first it was great. And now they're, they've been running it for a while now. And this new iteration popped up when I was watching uh, a sports broadcast. They're starting to incorporate sustainability points into mm-hmm. this campaign. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and I did some research. and I can spout them off. Go ahead. <laughs> That's why. I'll verify it. I'll verify it. Well, the one that stuck with me was you uh, use more water washing dishes than you do running a dishwasher. So all you do is scrape the food into the garbage and then put the dish in the dishwasher and you save yourself the sink step. Mm. Yes. Was that correct. one? Yeah, that's 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 somewhat correct. That's the you one know, that it, stuck with me. 
Yeah, I mean, but essentially, like, depending, if you just wash your plates, if there's a two-person household and you just wash your plates, it's the same as, like, brushing your teeth in the morning, like, running the sink while brushing your teeth. Like, they, they, I, they're, stretch, they're, they're stretching the numbers. I don't want to say they're fudging the numbers, but they're stretching the numbers. And at the end of the day, uh, running, there's this big report by this, like, eco group, running your dishwasher only when it's full every, every couple days rather than running it every single night when it's half full is much more sustainable than running it every single night without a full dishwasher. It's much more sustainable and water-friendly to put your dishes in there, let it accumulate, and then running it twice a week, whatever you do. Zach, than I just changed my lifestyle. Are you telling just, me I need to change it back? I'm not advocating for anything. What I'm saying is... is Cascade is using this sustainable, oh, it's so much more efficient than hand washing uh, type of uh, messaging when in actuality they're trying to sell more pods because if you run it every night, you're going to run through that pod packaging much quicker than if you're doing it twice a night. And that is where the campaign came from. They're selling well. They kind of dominate the dishwasher pod market, Mm. but they're not selling them fast enough, right? Like Mm. they are, uh, they need people to buy them on a regular basis. Your weekly grocery shopping should include cascade pods. You should be burning through those much faster than you are. Uh, And that's the goal of the campaign is just for people to run through those pods a little faster. Um, On the report that the eco group, first of all, who is the eco group that did this report? I'll I'll look it up. I'll put it in the footnotes. Okay, and then also, um, did they come back with, like, amount of water that is used in a dishwasher versus amount of water that's used to wash four plates? You know, do we have numbers to compare to? I... You know the research. I wrote it this morning, um, so I don't have exact numbers. What I will say, what I remember from the report as well is, um, you know, modern dishwashers, are, are they have the eco-friendly setting, right, that reduces, di- you know, older dishwashers are a problem. Um, I don't know if we can put it in gallons. I'm sure they did in the report somewhere, but it was 8 a.m. when I was writing this, so I did not read into the data oh, i got high level points for our listeners right um but if you're but if i'm gonna change my life i'm not I just, for that. like i need to do every little thing that's in my power to reduce my carbon footprint and running the dishwasher every night was something but i should have known i should have fucking known it's a tv ad what was i thinking the, the whole point is like, yeah, r- dishwasher is better than hand washing, of course, right? Um, but uh, running it every night with a half load oh. is less efficient than running it every oh. twice a week with a full load. That's the overall note, gotcha. right? Like, like don't, don't think that you're saving the environment because you're running a half load every night. Like gotcha. it's, it's, they're just trying to get you to burn through those pods a little faster. And gotcha. it's a clever campaign. It worked clearly. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it's like, and there's something I, when I was reading it in my mind, I compared it to, uh, the chemical they put in like body wash to make it lather a little bit more just so you feel clean. Yeah. It doesn't like do anything as far as like making you clean, but it makes you feel clean. And I think that's what their cascade is doing is like, 
there's something about seeing clean plates and having a full clean cabinet of dishes that like makes people feel clean mm. and that's what they're feeding into right mm-hmm. but they're using sustainability it just got me mad to say like they're like running a half load every day uses 80 percent less water than hand washing mm. and that's the everyday piece is bullshit and like they're comparing it to hand washing running a dishwasher is more eco-friendly than hand washing but nah, i don't know it just made me upset so I think you answered my question here. Uh, is, is, is this is this line? Is this marketing? Is it a valid sales point, or is it just pandering? Like, what is your what is your take? Kind of getting that feedback. Is it? Yeah. Do you think Cascade is onto something, or do you? Well, think- actually, you you did jar a memory when they first came out with this. It what it wasn't to promote sustainability. It was nope. just like we do it every night, and that was actually the first time that I was like, "Oh, you can run your dishwasher every night. That's pretty convenient." So I actually think that they could have left the sustainability out and just not open themselves up to you know counter researchers arguing against it and they still would have made an impact on people because I don't I never have thought I everyone has grown up stuffing the dishwasher full like do not run the dishwasher before it is full who came up with that I don't know that's how I grew up is that how you grew up that's how I grew up I still do that I I do too until it's full I'm like all right once it's full run it Good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so it was just kind of like an aha moment, like, oh, you're allowed to run it half full. <laughs> so I think they could have gotten away with just that. Um, but then that you add the sustainability aspect into it. And it was just the smallest little point where it's like you oh. save more water. And I was like, oh, okay, well then I'm definitely running it every night. Exactly. So it was definitely a valid sales point. 100%. That's why I think it's manipulating to some degree because it's like it's it's not the it's not the crux of the ad spot right it's exactly. like five seconds in there that's like yeah. oh and it's yeah. and it goes so fast that you're like oh all you see they have i i when i looked at the graphic it's 80 percent less water in big letters and then in little letters right below it then hand washing um so <laughs> it's like it's they are trying to get oh yeah oh this practice you can run it every night. You're right. And oh my gosh, it's sustainable without really knowing, you know, the, how they're pulling all of that. information. I'll Um, also say that this was a good example of influencer marketing, um, because they also took to TikTok and hired influencers to promote this idea of we do it every night. So they were, uh, uh, tapping into, um, couples, on yep. TikTok, you know, like, you know, TikTok famous Very, couples. Yeah. 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 And I, and I, th- they came across my feed and I was like, oh, I saw it on TV. And now this couple that I follow who I actually <laughs> enjoy their content is now saying like, oh, we do it every night. And I was like that, you know, that's a full, well-rounded campaign that they just tossed our way. That oh, is how 100%. you use influencers that it's to support your better campaign out there it's not yeah yeah we talk a lot about influencer marketing so i thought i would tie tie that in is just like that i thought that was a well done influencer campaign 
I completely agree, and it's 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 a really good campaign. I just hated how they that little bit of like, oh, and it's sustainable. Like you're so right. Like it just felt like a toss in, mm. a cop out to be like, hey, uh, here's some sustainable. Yeah, uh, they like, could have, it, and it's sustainable. Yeah. Like it yeah. just felt like it's pandering, mm-hmm. right? And, and that is our issue that you you were talking about is like this is sustainability and being eco friendly is a real movement that needs to happen. And now you have these dishwasher companies cascade coming in and being like, oh, and it's sustainable, I guess. Cool. Like we're we're helping the planet when not. I will really say, doing Cascade that. is the least of my concerns. This is the company I do not need to go after, but I will if I need to. No, I I think to the point it it just spreads across so many industries, right? Yes. Um, yes. Yes. It, yes. Fair. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna keep on Cascade because I think okay. it's a good microcosm example of okay. like broader. I'll let you get on other brands in a second, but um, so uh, Cascade. In addition to this, they um have a wide range of various dishwasher pods that they uh promote. Their most popular being the Cascade Premium Plus, right? Like it's like, and that's what they like. That's <laughs> the that what it's one. really called. Yeah, Cascade Platinum Plus. Sorry, I was going to say that sounds like an Audible subscription. Yeah, Platinum Plus. Um, but they also have a sustainable, and I put that in quotes, pod called Free and Clear. So um, even in their sustainable marketing, they have a a subsect of pod that is sustainable. Free I know what. And clear. Can I guess what is what the product is? Well, I actually have I actually pulled their product page from their website. The we write product copy. I'm sure marketers listening to this write e-commerce product copy all the time. I'm gonna read you both of them: the Platinum Plus and the Cascade Free. You tell me which one's which. Um, uh, so the first one, Pod Number One, our best dishwasher detergent for a breakthrough clean. Contains two times dawn, two times the dawn to power through dried on food, no pre-rinse required. Get sparkling clean dishes, even from the toughest message or toughest toughest messes. I can't speak. Are you that. high? No, I wish I was. Forty um, percent larger liquid top for even more cleaning power. That still fits in your dishwasher. Convenient, pre-measured, action-packed dishwasher detergent pods with no finicky wrapping. That's pod number one. Pod number two. Formulated with bio-based ingredients. No chlorine (laughs) bleach, phosphates, dyes, or heavy perfumes. 50% more cleaning power. Skipping the pre-wash saves up to 15 gallons of water per load. Zero manufacturing waste to landfill. Can you guess which one's which? Oh, obviously. Yeah, right? It's not very difficult. So number two is the is their sustainability pod. And number one is their their highest selling platinum plus pod. Okay. You can see even in the marketing language. So this is my issue with brands as well that I see is where they'll market sustainability. They are promoting. They just come out with a separate product that's sustainability focused while their other products keep like clearly if you're saying in the sustainability one there's no chlorine bleach phosphates dyes or heavy perfumes that means in their 
platinum plus one, there is bleach and perfumes and phosphates and all of that stuff. So they're not getting rid of their anti-sustainable products. They're just rolling in a variation of their product to say it's sustainable. And I think that goes back to my point of you buy this sustainable product, but you're still giving money to a company that is producing a product. You're just feeding the engine to make more Cascade Premium Plus products Mm -hmm. because that is the one that is their moneymaker. This is a sub-brand that they have produced for people like me and I would buy it. <laughs> yeah. You you would see platinum plus and free and clear next to you as and if it was like, hey, 100%. like no phosphates, bio, like you'd be like, all right, cool. Yeah. Um even if it would you do that even if it was a little more expensive? Let's say ten yes. percent more expensive. Yep. You would still buy the sustainable product. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So um this got me a little upset. So I, I went to like okay, cascade level are there any sustainability initiatives coming in? What is there as a as a company? Can I, do they have? Yeah. Can I just pause here? Because I just had a thought of, I, I think as consumers, like we're very negative, right? Like you and I in this podcast, we're negative. We're, we're, we're talking shit about Cascade. Yeah. But I we do- We need to be greener and meter. Yeah. I do want to say that as consumers, if we continue- to vote with our dollar and buy the sustainable options then these larger companies and i'm using cascade as an example if Mm -hmm. there is high demand for the sustainable pod and zero demand for their premium plus they are going to get rid of the premium plus so there is an aspect although you are feeding the machine um to you know you are feeding the machine to to produce more premium plus pods Mm -hmm. there is an aspect that we could win as sustainable consumers yeah by voting with the dollar but this is the conundrum that i get into when i was writing this and thinking about this because you're exactly right right like i i i have it written like brands only speak one language and that's profits right like they don't speak any other language Right. So they will react to customer demand Mm -hmm. via profits. Mm -hmm. However, they're using sustainability on organic and grass fed and eco friendly in such a uh, convoluted way that it's it's being it's beginning to get difficult to understand who is actually helping the planet and who is actually not helping the planet. Even if you do your research, it's just becoming so convoluted. Right. So brands are doing it the half ass way where I'm at, where they'll say, yeah, customers will pay more for a sustainable product. They're already clued into that, but they are just slapping that label on there, marketing it up 10 percent and doing minimal actual, you know, good to the earth. So it's like it's a it's a difficult position that we're in as consumers to say. I want to buy products that are more sustainable, but brands are just muddying the waters to use that pun in a very uh, in a very fitting sense. Literal. Uh, yeah, they're muddying the waters to make it difficult to understand what is just saying that they're sustainable. Or what is a, a grass-fed, free-range chicken versus a Tyson chicken when Tyson's still making the profits, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard. It's hard. Um, and that's where I wanted to it's kind of open-ended i don't it, this is might be a little bit of a downer podcast because it's like i don't know if there's a solution right um 
I think the other thing about these companies like Tyson or Cascade, to use two examples, it, uh, putting out a sustainable or organic product is consumers want to feel good about their purchase. And so they are willing to spend a dollar extra just to say, oh yeah, I bought these sustainable pods. But in actuality, you know, you could do a lot more good by doing something else than just making a sustainable purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's you hard. could cut out meat from your life entirely. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all I'll say about vegetarianism. Are you advocating for a position? I am all not. Right. I yeah. am not. <laughs> no, that's I, I agree though. I agree. There's there's it's just such a it's such a complex problem. People right? are not willing to make drastic life decisions and these big corporations are volleying up very easy <clears throat> solutions for them to still feel good that they're making an impact when they're yeah. not. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, the the uh, old union slogan when when uh, unionization was coming up in America and I think like the 20s or maybe before that, um, they had a slogan that came to mind when I was writing this where it's uh, separate. We beg together. We bargain. Right. And it's and as consumers, like if we're all pulling in this these different directions of sustainability, we're going to beg companies, please be sustainable. I love the ease and convenience of your dishwasher plot pods, please be sustainable. But if we go together and there's some kind of bonding together, now we're bargaining and saying, Hey, we're not going to buy your pods. You're going to lose money and have to close down plants unless you turn to sustainable options. I right? love it's- that. And I think that's why it's so deterring for people to make these drastic decisions, these life altering decisions to become a vegetarian or to live Mm -hmm. off the grid, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it does feel just like the efforts were lost because Mm -hmm. we're not in it as a greater population. Or, you know, the greater population is taking the easy route of, you know, buying sustainable Cascade pods. Um, So, what I'm proposing <laughs> is we start a union for the for just humanity. It's going to call, be called mm. Humanities Union. Okay. And we all sign up to do this, and we're against larger corporations. Yeah. I will volunteer to lead it. Or non-eco-friendly corporations. Yeah, I think um, that it's not a bad idea to just create some kind of centralized because right now it's so like up in the air and everywhere like people are like oh this company's doing this well this company's doing this and everybody has their own niche passion about saving the environment and you're right it is like please do this please you guys you can vote with your dollar like just Mm -hmm. individuals pleading with you politicians pleading with you that you can you know save the earth by doing this one thing and people don't buy into that Nope, I agree. Because it's like, oh, but the convenience. Because there is, we are in an era of convenience. And it's like, if it's easier to, you know, not have to, whatever this, it's just convenience versus eco friendly. Because a lot of these solutions were not, our society isn't built 
to accommodate eco-friendliness currently i think of driving down the expressway try to count all the gas stations the the fossil fuel gas stations littered along ebony expressway across america Mm -hmm. and tell me that our society's not built Mm -hmm. around non-eco-friendly it's a much harder this is why the the car companies took so long to develop electronic vehicles a big determiner was like hey it'll cost a fortune for us to put charging stations throughout america when there's already gas stations littered in every corner and like yeah we're not built for it right and it's gonna be difficult it's gonna there's i compared it to a game of chicken right like it's like who's gonna break first the consumer or the brand like who's gonna who's gonna change and it's always the consumer always it's gotta be the consumer to make that difficult decision right absolutely it needs to be the consumer yeah yeah, it's it's harder for a brand to particularly because they're beholden to shareholders to say hey we're gonna suffer short-term profit loss uh for a more sustainable eco-friendly future no short-term profits are much easier to go into a stakeholder call and say yeah we increase profits 40 percent um doing nothing yeah basically rather I'd be than in, saying hey we're down but i would be building. interested to dig into tesla a little bit i don't know much about their efforts outside of engineering a electronic car but their batteries like what do we do with batteries are is that more sustainable than extracting gasoline and oil <laughs> I, I i'm like speaking it's, way above my head right now yeah. um it's but to to summarize the, it it's it's better for the environment but we're now having it's an a issue lesser with, of two evils yeah we're now having an issue with lithium exactly in particular because like there the demand as the demand for batteries goes up the demand for lithium goes up and it, and it's becoming a blood diamond situation all yeah. over again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so it's it's, it's and a, a humanitarian issue but people if it's outside of our playgrounds then people don't need to pay attention to it so even though we're literally running like a slavery corporation Mm -hmm. to get lithium extracted from the earth we don't need to know about it because the convenience of having an apple iphone exactly but the only other reason that i bring up tesla is because there was a headline that was uh Tesla accidentally stumbled into a $600 million deal. And that's because they have monopolized all these charging stations. And now all of the electronic vehicles are like, well, we don't want to spend the money to mm-hmm. put up all of our own charging stations. So can we just pay you? And, and so Rivian did that. And, um, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. So they're, it- and and then people hate monopolies, right? Like, as soon as Facebook got big, we're like, down with Facebook. As soon as Apple got big, we're like, uh, the slavery in Africa to get lithium <laughs> batteries. You know, everyone, everyone hates a corporation. Everyone hates a monopoly. And so even though Tesla started off as like, yeah, fucking Elon Musk is a genius. And mm. we're so excited to have him at the reins of all of this. It's like, it's only a matter of time before we turn on him. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the higher you are, the fall, the harder you fall, right? Um, and I, I will say uh, with Tesla, yeah, I think that's a great example of the opportunities for these brands to say Tesla took a 
a loss up front to say we're going to install all of these charging stations to combat like all of this gas stuff like we're going to take the loss we're going to spend the money put them all in and now it's yielding huge profits in the future like to have it's but i'm sure they had a lot of difficult stakeholder calls in the interim where people are like why are we losing money why are we why are we spending all of this money on charging stations um you know how much did that cost like there was a i'm sure a bunch of difficult and now they're like you said stumbled into a huge contract because the the, they were just ahead of the curve right Mm -hmm. so there is an opportunity for brands to say hey Mm -hmm. we're gonna suffer some short-term losses but it's gonna yield us a lot of uh, opportunity in the future, right? Yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it, there's just the balance. So for this next future company that I'm hoping will just pop up and save us all from ourselves, um, I'm there's a there's this balance of convenience and being truly sustainable. And I think Tesla waged that really well. Yep. yep. They gave us a good looking car that is like out of seventy thousand, eighty thousand price tag. So it's kind of luxury. People see you driving a Tesla and you're like, oh, you must be rich. So it's like this luxury elite vehicle, um, convenience and sustainability. But but again, mm. I'm interested in digging more into Tesla. Like where are they spending their money? I mean, they're building mm. a fucking rocket. That can't be very sustainable. Different company. Different company. All right, yeah, yeah still true. Elon Musk. True, true, um, true. Yeah, he is I'm, not I'm, the company I show. Yeah. Yeah. Good sorry. And good. No, I'm with you that. But uh I, I it's it's going to be an interesting thing. And I just had a, a product idea pop into my head where we we build the humanities union. Yep. Uh it's it's a software that you can integrate with your bank Mm. that basically gives a sustainability score to any company so if you make an online purchase it's just kind of like hey the a b c company has a sustainability score of actually 35 are you sure i love that interesting market patented right after the show interesting um because there is a app out there where you can scan the ingredients um, mm-hmm. and it can, it, it pops out like how toxic it is for you. Mm-hmm. So along that same line, it's like a modern better business bureau, right? Like, uh, totally, like, uh, totally run by AI. Yeah. Do we not release this podcast to keep that in our, I'm kind of, and thinking that we'll cut it. <laughs> We'll cut it. We'll cut it. <laughs> I don't okay. think we have any next Elon Musk's listening to manipulating the masses. No, I think we're good. We're good. We're okay. But we, when we build it and it gets big, we can point to this moment in our. Yeah. You guys just saw the it's, it live. It's June twenty third at eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> that is when this idea came to life. We have the records. Um, but I, it's, I think it's a great conversation. I knew you'd be super passionate about it. So it's, this is the other piece, right? Is like bringing it back to cascade really quickly. Um, this is the other piece is like all of these companies are now coming up with this sustainability commitment. You know, I'm sure you've seen it. Like, it's like, oh, here is, here is our commitment. And, and Cascade is an example. They're promoting products that are, they're promoting the sustainability of dishwashers. They're promoting a, a specific, more sustainable, eco-friendly product. I, I found through my uh, Google uh, know-how, their sustainable manufacturing commitment page on the Cascade website. Um, the entire page is 300 words, four sections. Uh, 
And let me just That's read. rough. I called it a sustainability poem, not a <laughs> So <laughs> hey, hey, let me let me read to you just some of the language that they I'm had on the to, edge of my seat. To just like emphasize this point. Like they they took the time. They had their web team. They're like, we want their marketing team, we want a sustainability commitment page, write some copy, build a page, design the page, get it up on our website. And let me just read to you some of this stuff. Under the manufacturing efficiency paragraph, it states, whenever possible, we incorporate (gasps) renewable energy sources that help optimize our manufacturing process. We continue to work towards powering all of our home care manufacturing plants with 100% renewable energy. No plan, no guideline, no timestamp. By this time, we want to be 100% renewable. Just like whenever possible, and we're continue to work at it. That is almost like that makes me want to boycott Cascade more than just the product itself. Like that paragraph is just like you, that's telling consumers you are so dumb. You don't actually know what you're reading. So we're just going to put a lot of marketing fluff in here and say whenever possible, you know, we'll use renewable energy in your face. You guys are so dumb that in the back end behind the curtain we're not actually doing shit exactly but you asked Uh, for this stupid little page so we're gonna give it to you and now i'm like pissed yep okay you're gonna love this one then um so uh, they have a section entitled eco-friendly innovations um that is two sentences uh and i'll read to you the whole thing Um, again slap in your face okay go yep uh it starts off To call something eco-friendly generally means that it doesn't harm the planet. Sentence one. At Cascade, our focus is on producing eco-friendly packaging made with 100% renewable and recyclable materials that have a low environmental impact. And that is their eco-friendly initiatives section of their website. The entirety of it. Yeah, they pissed me off because they think we're dumber than we are. That's what that says to me. I think that's what the culmination of our discussion to this point is like, yes, they have a sustainability commitment page. I think they even promote it in their navigation. So you go to Cascade and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're submitted. But you click to the page and it's it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Down with Cascade. And, and it's it, this is the this is why I think it's a good microcosm of like what everybody's doing is like they'll all put something out, they'll all label it, but what they really when you get to the to the pun intended meat of it, like it's it's nothing. It's a big it's a big nothing. Well, you know. Here's the other thing too. A lot I don't know enough about this. Maybe you can speak to it, but maybe you can't knowing how much you researched it. <laughs> But uh, a lot of corporations um, have to abide by some sort of sustainability pact these days. Like if you're large, you have to answer to some sort of sustainability. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know what those regulations are, but a lot of these companies are just walking the walk, talking the talk so they can just stay in business or like not get fined. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, there's not many companies that are like actually truly doing something about it because they don't need to. Yep. Consumers are still going to buy Doritos or Cheetos. I, I don't know why I picked that. I was just like walking through a grocery store in my head. 
And I was like, down the snack down aisle. Down a very specific aisle. D- yeah, yeah. Why was I in the snack aisle? <laughs> uh, but no. you know, we're 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 feeding them, be- and they're saying like, "You dummies, you idiots, we're not doing anything." And you know, some bigger board. I love the word board because I yeah, mm. board. Uh, just board. Bored. Uh, there's some sort of you know organization that says you guys need to be sustainable to appease these uh, organizations, and they're like, okay, we'll we'll take the fragrance out of our and call it a day. What? Mm. So I agree. I, I would You're- like to know you know who runs that and how many companies are fo- have to follow that. Like if you meet a certain size of employee or whatever. Um, the other thing is like when I was working in property management, there was these buildings, you know, you would Mm -hmm. pop up a commercial building Mm -hmm. and they would say, Oh, we meet all of these green standards. Mm -hmm. We're, we're green lead certification, lead certification. Thank Mm -hmm. you. But first of all, you just fucking tore down a city park to put up (laughs) your stupid building you know, so there's that. And then B to be lead certified again, I'm speaking out of my ass, but I remember like they had to have a garden on the roof or something like it, it is bare minimum for the impact that you are creating the, the, the amount you are destroying and the amount that it takes to build mm-hmm. your apartment complex is way more than a garden on a rooftop. Yep. <sighs> the last thing. <laughs> no, there's not there's there's just so many. But have you okay, I've like I've had this so I moved to Reno recently. Yeah. Well, in the past 2 years, but before I was living in Seattle. In Seattle, you know, there's all these like boutique stores and coffee shops and you're not really inundated with what suburbia has to offer mm, you. The strip so, mall life. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm in Reno, literally the strip mall capital of the world according to me, and I have not <laughs> been past Colorado. <laughs> so <laughs> There's a fucking strip mall everywhere. There's a TJ Maxx on every corner. There's a Ross. There's a, you know, and I had this epiphany the other day. I was like walking through the grocery store and I'm like, I am in one grocery store of a hundred grocery stores in Reno, Nevada. And then I started expanding, you know, like there are thousands in Nevada and then the United States and then the world. And I'm just looking at every single aisle and I'm just seeing trash. That is all I can see now when I walk into a grocery store is just trash. Like, and, and the amount of it, every single store, you guys should just, you should look at it as landfill. Yep. We are just moving landfill like we're basically redistributing it ourselves we're saying okay we'll take it from this store and then we'll give it to goodwill two months later but what is the i agree with you but what is the solution right like what is the solution less just less just Just less less. again we don't need a hundred different legging companies stop coming out with leggings Mm. and that is just one you know, thing I pick apart, but that's like the least of my concerns, but we don't, uh, well, actually the soda water, the, the fucking non-alcoholic drinks, 
all of a sudden we're looking at competitors for them. And I'm like, we don't need this many. (laughs) We don't need this many drinks. How many different types of kombucha do we have now? Ever since GT, GT was the original kombucha. And then all of a sudden 2023 rolls around and we have 17 different brands of kombucha. We don't need it. Down and and what else? What else is your just a pl- fucking makeup? Like if celebrities will stop coming to the table with makeup lines, I, I will be happy. I will yeah. I will die a happy life. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna have you. I was gonna have you speak to the cosmetics industry because it, it is. Uh, so let me let me give you some background. You brought up this point um, a, a few times about too many companies, right? So let me give you uh, what I think is the reason why we're seeing all of these companies, right? So this one, I did read the re- full report. So good on me. Fuck you at the same time. (laughs) uh, Nielsen IQ, there's the name of the report, found that uh, 78% of U.S. consumers say that sustainable, that a sustainable lifestyle is more important to them. So round it up to 80. Eight out of every 10 people throughout the U.S. are like, yeah, I want to be more sustainable. I want to take care of this. To layer in that data, uh, 95% of Gen Z consumers, which is what everybody's going for with the leggings and cosmetics, um, say they're willing to spend 10% more for a more sustainable product. So, you know, even the even the people with the least disposable income as generations go are willing to spend more for sustainable products. So we have a, a, a sense of why companies are promoting sustainability. We have a sense of uh, why they're slapping on that label. The most interesting fact that I found in this report, and it speaks to your point about why there's so many companies now, um, is that the report found that 100% of retailers or brands, people that represent these various brands across all industries, 100% of them uh, believe that consumers prioritize brand name over sustainability. So they think from their perspective, that consumers are more loyal to a brand name than they are to the idea of sustainability. Now, when they surveyed consumers on this same point, uh, only 56% mm. said that they would rank brand name over mm-hmm. sustainability, mm-hmm. right? So for me, to your point about why there's like all of these lesser little brands coming out in leggings and kombucha is because there is that disconnect where mm-hmm. brand executives are like, yeah, they'll be, we're going to build loyalists, right? We're going to build people that'll just buy our product because our name slapped on it. When in actuality, consumers are like, no, who's ever kind of leading the way in sustainability, we're going to buy. So it creates an opportunity for all of these little legging companies and kombucha companies and that is why i think we're seeing an explosion of like micro brands coming up because they're all there's an opportunity right now in the marketplace i agree with the consumer fact um because i definitely questioned like whether i was true to a brand or not um and what i oh fuck me i lost my train of thought hold on cut this out (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll vamp for you for a second is, is I think, um, brand loyalty is going down, right? Uh, I think, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Stop, stop, stop. I got okay, it back. I got it back. Go. Yes. <laughs> brand loyalty. Um, 
I think that there's this element of individuality and uniqueness. Mm. We were just talking about this before the podcast that people want to stand out and be apart from, be mm. the other. Yep. And buying main character l- energy. Main character energy and mm. buying Lululemon leggings kind of means like you're basic now. Like mm. you need to go out and search for that next cool kid brand of leggings mm-hmm. and same with makeup and and here's you know we've seen this for a while so this is like no surprise to anybody but like l'oreal and estee mm-hmm. lauder and you know all of these makeup brands are are, are not the cool makeup brands you know mm-hmm. they are your grandma's makeup brand so all of a sudden that's why we're seeing all these celebrities come out with makeup brands and this is and so you, you wanted me to talk to cosmetics for just a second. Um, when you walk into an Ulta or a Sephora, you are inundated with the same thing over and over and over again and over again. And I don't think people are drawn to a specific brand because we know that all eyeliners are made the same. Like you cannot, the technology of eyeliner has really not come that far. So Are you're you serious. Bi- <laughs> I feel this is a genuine question. Like, has it really not? Cause like, I feel like every time I see a commercial, it is, that's the crux of the eyeliner is like, here is the new technology. Are, is that really like, it really hasn't it's come that same. far? No, I mean, they had me you, you want to talk, fooled. you know, they were, t- you, I think you're talking about mascara because they're, usually like the new laugh lash lifting product you know it's just like yeah and there are little differences in mascara you know whatever but but for the most part i mean for the most part you're creating the same product over and over (laughs) and over again and then so people are drawn to like whatever is new and cool and you know and maybe the messaging behind the brand um, so Fenty came, hey, I'm going down, a, I think I'm going away from the point, so I'm going to stop. Um, no, I think you're good. And I was just going to make a male equivalent comparison to that was uh, sports, sports video games. You know, those of us who are gamers, like they come out with a new one every year. They slap a new label on it and it's the same fucking thing repackaged in a different, like a slight adjustment. That seems different to me because technology has come so far. But it doesn't really change year to year. Like it's a whole thread. Okay. You know, it's a whole thread of like, they'll make one slight tweak and be like brand new engine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm with you. That's all marketing as well. And I took us away from the point. But, But, um, um, yeah. So, so to circle back, I, I totally agree with that report. And as a consumer, I am not dedicated to a brand. In fact, I am more of the mind to be the first person to discover a brand. And, mm, mm-hmm. and tell all my friends about it and be like, oh, they their leggings are recyclable water bottles. And so that's why I'm buying you these over Lululemon. I, I think you I think to a point I agree with you, but there is uh, I, this is gonna be a weird comparison, but just follow me for a second. Um, Taylor Swift was in town 
uh, in Chicago for her concert. And you know me. I know you're a, a big Taylor Thanks. Swift fan. Uh, I have literally no opinion about Taylor Swift. I, okay. I, I'm not anti. I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I live across the street from like a major train station in Chicago. And I was I was walking home uh, on Sunday. I saw all no. of the. No, I didn't see Taylor Swift. Oh She's not God. taking the train. She's not taking the train. But I saw it was very clear. All of the people going to her concert were like flooding in. Right. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. So to your point about like everybody wants to be the new person or have that other flair. I think you're to a point. But like I, what I'm saying with the outfits of these people going to the I cannot tell you how many white cowboy boots I saw. I cannot like there's there's an element of like wanting to have your own individual flair within a wider trend. Does that make sense? Like, they're still fitting the aesthetic. They're still, like, following the aesthetic. They maybe just, like, are tweaking one thing to make it individual. You know what I'm saying? So I do think, like, there's an element of consumerism that's, like, yes, people want to be the first. People want to, like, lead it, but they don't know how, and they don't know where to go. They just kind of, like, Well, they don't want to – I think you said that really well. Um, for sure. Oh, thank you. They I wanna, felt like I was rambling. Thank no, you. No, you, you want to be unique, but in a larger trend. Yeah. Like you, you want to fit, fit the in. Current. You want to fit the current, mm-hmm. but you want to stand out from that current. Exactly. Like you um, want to take your own take on a... White cowboy boots. White cowboy boots. Like yeah. you throw frill on it. Or yeah. Throw glitter. Yeah. I like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it is, right? Like it is. So I think consumerism as a whole, like... It, it, there's so many opportunity for these smaller brands to come in and market themselves as dis- sustainable because that's the wider trend, right? Like that's the current is sustainability yeah. is everybody from clothes to makeup to dishwasher soap wants to be sustainable. Um, but every brand's throwing their own little spin on it and it's convoluting. I, yeah if i can just talk about myself for a second i love a good yeah um i think for me i was very into sustainability and then i got very tired of it um Mm. because i became very aware that the label doesn't mean anything it doesn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of weight so where i'm going in my own consumption is vintage and uh especially with like like furniture i mean we haven't even talked about Mm. furniture but it fucking pains me you know we just bought a house and we came from a very tiny apartment so to fill a house like it's i think people tend to go to sites like wayfair or Mm. amazon but you're buying like particle board that doesn't last very long and so in like my um my instinct was like i have to i have to buy all these things to fill all the rooms yeah and then i just slowed down for a second and was like i don't need to fill my third guest bedroom i don't have three guests i will never Ooh, have three as guests you're sipping your tea like oh my third guest bedroom i'm you know? very <laughs> wealthy if people don't know yet <laughs> 
<laughs> I see your paycheck, Caitlin. I know, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I, but all I, yeah, the house. It's like I don't need to rush and go to Wayfair to just buy a, a couch or a, a whatever. Mm. So my own in even though as much as I like love looking at Wayfair things or, you know, Amazon things, me like, look at how designing part. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was a very conscious effort to be like, I have to be okay with this room setting empty and not Mm -hmm. living up to my design critique for, it's been two years since we've lived in this house. And you Mm -hmm. know, there's very, there's a lot of empty space here. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I, w- I would your... I would oh, like sorry I know you were getting out of question and I think just to wrap up my thinking was I would like to see more vintage stores become more convenient for people people love ah. the two-day shipping from Amazon people love that they can return um you know like let's let's replicate that model but truly make it sustainable don't produce Mm. anything else i'm over i'm over new companies popping up i want to see recycled things i want us to just socialism vintage companies you want new vintage companies (laughs) but the same ones like like the real real you know there's good reputable companies Uh, out there that just need to make it more convenient maybe um yeah yeah go ahead uh, no, my question to you was, uh, so what, and I'm not asking for a scientific explanation, but what in your head, it makes mm. buying vintage more sustainable than a new eco-friendly product? Let's yeah. Say, you know? I think it goes back to the idea of like, you're still creating something. If you, if a new, if a new energy drink comes on the mm. market, you still have to use resources to create that energy drink. But if I were to recycle this energy drink and just keep passing it along to the next person, to the next person, uh, you know, I there's no more resources being used to create energy drinks. And that's uh, that's where I, I'm at with clothes and furniture. You know, I, I talked about going into a grocery store and seeing, oh my God, there's so much trash here. But have you ever walked into an Ikea and you're like, this isn't trash. This is like, this is going to take fucking hundred millennia to decompose. Mm-hmm. Where are we putting all of this shit? Yeah. We're yeah. running out of space. So I, I think, and let me, let me try to say it back to you. Cause I think you have a point. You have a really good point is, is the modern sustainability movement. We should emphasize, uh, lowering the demand on raw materials. Right. Like lowering the demand on wood, lowering the demand on raw plastic, Uh, you know, except that there's already things using these raw materials out on the marketplace. If we just pass them along, recycle them and not recycle them because that's like getting rid of putting. I don't know what that looks like, but um, just lowering our demand on raw materials is the new sustainability Yes. And, and I go back to like the quality of the material too. Like you're buying shit quality from forever 21. It is what you're going to end up throwing that away. And it's way more worth your dollar. If you can just take a second and filter through the Goodwill racks, like it's, Mm. it's tedious to go to a Goodwill. Um, some people find it fun like myself, but it is tedious to find like a good trendy shirt. You know, the other thing that actually irks me about Goodwills these days is that 
all you do, all you see is fast fashion at Goodwills. Yeah. You're just seeing people feel good about themselves because they're donating their Forever 21 shirt to a Goodwill, but that shirt is going is decomposing, like literally on the rack. Yeah. And so it, it actually takes a lot of patience to go through the racks and find something of quality. So what I can suggest is look for look for the material. So look for real materials like leather or silk or wool or cotton. If you're finding polyester, do not buy it. If you're oh, finding okay. spandex, like don't buy it. Like things that come from the earth. Mm. Okay. No, that's, I didn't know about the polyester thing, but I, you bring up a, a really good point that I think is the unsolvable solution for yeah. me in my head is the convenience, right? Yeah. Um, cruise good. I don't know what Goodwill's online presence looks like, but it can't like, you know, like uh, sitting at home cruising through uh, da designs and styles is much easier than going through a rack and filtering through like it's the convenience factor is always going to be the biggest hurdle for consumers to be more sustainable. Yeah. Rarely, it's like science and religion. Like they, it's hard for those two to meet in the middle convenience and sustainability and eco-friendly. It's really difficult to mesh those two concepts together. Um, and I, that's the biggest hurdle I see. Cause like consumers at the end of the day, they want something easy, fast, convenient it's much easier to order a big mac than it is to cook a burger make it like that's yeah, yeah that's that's just the the nature of where we're at right yeah that's the unsolvable solution in my mind i have i'm like brainstorming i think we've come up with a lot of great product ideas and service <laughs> ideas and i want to talk to you about this after this podcast because okay. one you don't want to give this one up huh you're like uh, I am I up. am because I just can't stop talking about it so I am going to give it up but I think um so Sophia Amoroso do yeah. you know her yeah, I'm we talked so about her proud our, of you well and we talked that was about a it test. in our hashtag yeah in our hashtag girl boss episode yep. go listen that was a test that was a test yeah um so yeah Sophia Amoroso actually started with eBay and she saw a leather jacket and she was like, Oh my God, this is an awesome leather jacket. I'm going to resell it. And she found it at the mm. thrift store. Um, and that is how she started her company called nasty gal. But, yeah. and, and so I think there's this element where individuals, are going to Goodwill and finding all of these awesome pieces and they're reselling it, but they are one person. So they're accounting for labor. They're accounting for, they haven't like expedited that process. They haven't streamlined it. They haven't scaled it. Nobody has scaled that, but the, but the idea is there go to Goodwill resell the clothing, take awesome fucking photography because that's what sells clothing you know, forever 20, the marketing, everything that is what is missing is like the marketing aspect, the creative aspect. So mm. go to Goodwill. How do we scale that, put it online, get it online and ship it in two days. And if we take a loss then we take a loss, but we've just solved the convenience factor of it. So, so you're it's saying, like, so it's like Nordstrom like has, you have a team of shoppers. Yes. That go like Nord, out. yes. Nordstrom yeah. has buyers. You know, yeah. they, they go out and find these companies and they buy from them. Yeah. This come this imaginary company that I'm not thinking about has, has buyers and they go out to Goodwills in their city and they're finding 
what's in demand. So it's basically a team of stylists. Yeah. Um, that and are just sifting through the goodwill shit. The goodwill shit. And then not only are you feeding goodwill, you know, like you're, you're shopping from them. You're also solving the overconsumption. No, mm. you're not solving overconsumption. We're never going to solve that. But you are solving no. the uh, saving renewable energy sources. Yes. Yeah. The decreasing raw material demand. Thank right? you. Like, which is the goal. Huh? I think that could, I think that'd be interesting. I'm sure like that's not what nasty gal turned into was like. A so why I talked about nasty gal is cause that was the idea. And then it turned into a pretty fucking cool site full of vintage shit, but then it got bought out by a Chinese mass production. And now it's just a fast fashion company. Yeah. Yeah. They just turned it into a profit machine. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I, yeah, okay, yeah. Because short-term, like you said, short-term profits are always going to be a company's goal. Yep. Like, and, and unless they see that in the long term, there needs to be long, long efforts. you got to have that vision, and you got to keep everybody on that vision and not get distracted. So I did, I think, I, I'm glad I picked this subject today, Caitlin, because uh, I know it's your, your passion. I'm passionate about it. Don't get it twisted. Like, I'm very passionate about it as well. I just, I, it's a difficult solution for me to get through because I have, a, at being a marketer, a very cynical view of, how people and what people will buy and how they buy things. Um, and I think whether it be the marketing, the messaging, uh, the waters are muddied right now. And it's an important thing that we all need to, the only solution is banding together and, and doing this, Unionizing. pushing in the, pushing in the same direction, right. Uh, to force these companies to do something. And it just convenience is the biggest hurdle. And it's just, it's a big, mountain to climb there's just so many it's a complex issue but do you have any like final thoughts on this do you have any my final thought would be um i think like for me i am not perfect and there is still things that i buy from amazon and so i think it's like giving yourself grace as you go into sustainable practices and like start small you know you're not going to build rome in a day you're not going to solve overconsumption. but i think a very small step is just being mindful yeah. of what you are purchasing and who you are purchasing it from and doing your research before you buy into a company that has grass-fed chicken or free-range chicken, you know, understand who owns that company. And so, yes, continue to buy chicken. I don't care. I'll judge you silently. No, I'm kidding. I won't. I don't like, I'm not that person, but um, continue to buy chicken, but just be mindful of who it's coming from. Yeah, I love that. I think uh, the research best you can the, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a big piece of it. And maybe yeah. a good first step is determining what you're willing to spend a little more on in your own personal budget to sacrifice convenience. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, is it better for you to go to a farmer's market to, you know, purchase like a, a from direct at least fruits and vegetables direct yeah. from a farm? Yep rather than a whole foods like I, I guess that's the best first step is like where are you willing to put in that yeah. extra whether it's not even price point but like labor point of like going to uh for me it, I, mean, I know we keep going on but for me it's like if 
it's always going to be easier to drive, take a 20 minute drive somewhere rather than take an hour and walk it. Um, but I make the conscious choice of being like, Hey, if I'm not in a rush, if it doesn't, if there's no time stamp of me getting there, I'm going to do the walk. Like that is my little choice that I make. Right. I sacrifice the extra time and effort to make that little choice of just walking somewhere. I think that also speaks to like being mindful and just slowing down in your life. Like we don't need everything all at once, all the time. Yeah. Like, Take, yeah, if you're not in a rush, like make sure you, you, you know, give yourself 20 minutes, give yourself an hour to walk because guess what you don't have to do? You don't have to get in a car. You don't have to be around other drivers. You don't have to get road rage. You don't have to get pissed off when there's a stoplight. Like parking, you don't have to worry parking. about parking. You know, you know just like yeah. give yourself time, and that it helps your overall livelihood too. I agree. I agree. So just find. I think what if people are taking anything away from this, find one thing that's like your thing to start. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yours is yours is very conscious product decisions, buying vintage furniture rather than shopping on those other things, taking your time designing your house so you can yes, make more mistakes. Yes. Mine is just saying, hey, my carbon footprint, I'm just not going to contribute to the millions of emissions of cars going by every day. I'm just going to do my thing, mm-hmm. take some extra time and mm-hmm. give it a walk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. your thing. Um, yeah, well, it, it, we ended on a, like, there's a pinhole of light at the end of the tunnel, huh? There I is, yes. Long tunnel. Yes. I think everybody's aware of it and conscious of it, which is important. All right. Um, If there's nothing else, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.